Welcome, beautiful kings and queens, to the Wake Up Call podcast with another episode with me, Leo Crystal Queen. Today, I want to talk with you about the 12 obstacles of the growth of the self-esteem. As we grow up, we understand that we have a lot of traumas that we need to work on as we probably figure out in our relationships. And today, I wanted to talk about a lot of the parents' kind of mistakes that they do to us while we're growing up. So parents throw up a severe obstacle to the growth of a child's self-esteem when they, and now I'm going to give you 12 tips of what not to do if you are a parent at the moment, because it really leads to a huge detrimental um, approach of a child and a lot of trauma, which again needs to be healed later on in life. So first, convey that the child is not enough. For example, there is many scenarios where children would say to the child that it's not enough. It may not be in the same context, but it can be in something else. For example, if the child is good in, let's say, painting, and then the neighbor's child is very good in music, but the the neighbor's child constantly pursues the music and gets awards as an early child, or whatever the case may be, and then you can say or compare your child to your neighbor's child. That may not resonate to all of you, but I'm just giving as an example that this is an example where you give to the child, oh, I'm not enough to, you know, what is being what I'm doing, so they're striving to be more for you, and in this case, they're actually being detrimental to themselves, because instead of following their own dreams, they are starting to follow the dreams of their parents. Second, the second one is humiliate the child. Um, That happens for a lot of reasons, and it's usually... Of course, hurt parents hurt their children. So if they have been hurt or humiliated when they were children, they think it's okay to do it to their kids, which is definitely not the case. Um, So that also brings the self-esteem very much down. Uh, Also, expressing uh, to the child their unacceptable feelings. For example, um, the child wants to say something to the mother but his feelings are not being acknowledged as important. So so the child then feels shut down completely because whatever they're trying to express, they're constantly being said, for example, shut up or shut up or don't do this or, you know, I'm busy, I don't want to hear it. You know, all these things as we grow up as a child, we feel that rejection of um, expressing these unacceptable feelings and the child feels then unaccepted um, through the world, and they they become uh, blocked in their throat chakra, and of course they feel afraid to speak out for themselves. Fourth is to convey that the child's thoughts or feelings have no value or importance. Yes, for example, a child wants to do something, and you know the the parent doesn't pay attention to it or it doesn't want to support it. Um, the good A good uh, example of this would be, let's say, a child is six and they want to write a book and the the actual parent supports them completely. I actually have a friend of mine, which uh, I saw that as an example, and the child is actually now very successful, have his book worldwide published, and actually both of them are very happy. But if you are not going to be 
conveying that the child's thoughts or feelings are actually of value of, or of importance, then the child feels that there is no importance of him even existing to this world. And children are bringing all these new lights. And I definitely think they should be supported 100% uh, on their endeavors. So number five is attempt to control the child by shame or guilt. Yeah, I have heard, I used to be a nanny for two years in America, and the constant thing that I would hear everywhere was shame on you, shame on you, oh, you did this, shame on you, how could you do this, and how could you have done this, you know, you should know better, or whatever the case may be. But I'm just saying that these words have powers. We have to understand the words are not just meaning to com- uh, to convey meaning. They're not just used to convey meaning. But look into the words as an ener- energy point where you are projecting that negative or positive energy into your child. So how do you want to uh, talk to your child? Do you want to project positive energy into your child or negative energy? It's always up to the parents. And that's why th- there is a saying that says the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. is because children absorb like a sponge everything from their parents. So if you want to see your children being better, don't blame them for who they are. You know, look at yourself and what you are doing as a parent and how you can be that beam of light for them growing up and support them fully and accept them fully and resonate with their message of what they want to tell you. Number six is our uh, overprotecting the child. So overprotecting the child makes the child vulnerable later on in life when they just don't want to leave the shell of the home. They just want to stay in their security, their sweet spot. They don't want to advance or progress. And you end up with children being in their 40s, still living with their parents or on the back of the parents. And they just don't have that. They they don't know how to fly away or how to be sustainable on their own. And they're constantly, you know, relying on their mother because that's how they feel or their father. Number seven is Raise a child with no rules at all and thus no support supporting structure. Yes, there should be some rules, but also these rules should be for their own good in terms of not implementing shame, guilt or low values or low importance, but the opposite. So how can you implement rules and structures that actually boost up their values and their They actually build their, their support because you are their foundation as a parent. So how would they build a house with, with not good foundation? It's just not going to work. So number eight is deny a child's perception of reality and also kind of try to say to the child to kind of doubt their mind. So for example, denying the child's perception of reality is when... A child is saying that this is their world uh, that they're living in. Because we all live in our own universe. On our own. And then the child has its own universe that is trying to collaborate with your own universe. So you have to have these uh, compensation, you know, on both sides. So denying what their reality is or saying, oh, Santa Claus don't exist. 
um, you know, this doesn't exist, that doesn't exist. For them, it might exist, and it's actually a good thing that it exists because it gives them that support system that they need to grow up and to actually expand themselves. So I'm just giving you as an example, but that, that perception of reality can be anything. Um, number nine is treat evident faults as um, unreal. Treat evident faults as unreal. Uh, this, this, this is shaking the child's sense of rationality. So this is the example that I can give is a father is drunk and he misses the chair. And then the child was saying, what's wrong? And the mother says, nothing, nothing's wrong. You know, and then that's kind of, you know, the child's rationality is like, oh, okay. Um, I thought, you know, I'm right, you know, because that's a rational decision to say or to do. And then they're starting to question themselves. You know, for, for what they're saying. Number 10 is physical violence on the child, which is uh, leads to acute fear in the child's core. Um, I also, you know, from my childhood, I have experienced that on my own. So I know that that leads to accumulating a lot of fears in life later on that you have to deal with. And it takes a lot of courage to do so. So I would strongly suggest to every parent, you know, from personal own experience to avoid at all costs to be hitting a child, you know, physically. Uh, try to be more diplomatic, negotiate, try to invent fun games on f or maybe instead of hitting them or using the punishment or the shame or the guilt game, Use the game of fun and recognition, rec recognition of their talents or give them an award. Do like an award ceremony, give them something, something that they're proud of achieving and just boost that part, you know, M shift the focus from them misbehaving into something to where actually they are behaving. Number 11 is treat a child as a sexual object. I'm not even going to go deep into that. This is a no-no. Um, you know, any parent should know better. But of course, if they have been traumatized as a child, of course, if they have not worked on their psychic, they might still be running that programming deep in their core and they still think that that's okay. Uh, number 12, last but not the least, is that the child, you know, um, you know, it's being seen as bad and unworthy and sinful by nature. You know, if you say to your child that they are sinful by nature, you know, it creates this type of illusion complex in themselves that they, whatever they would do is going to be sinful. You know, just like, instead of that, I would change that paradigm and say that your child is divine, your child, child is angelic, they're coming here with this beautiful life force to change the world. And, you know, they, they are po uh, capable, more than capable of doing so. So just support them, love them, and guide them. You know, today, today millions of women and men who come from out of such, you know, childhood experiences are searching healing. And, you know, that's one part of the reasons why I started with the reconnective healing and giving healing sessions and even inviting people from all over the world to this podcast to be helping others is because my personal vision is that I want to live in a healthier society. 
I want to live in a healthier and thriving world where fear is, is something from the past and we just move into this love light energy where we completely shift our paradigm because fear is not really needed, especially in a child's world. They should grow up to be bold and fearless and courageous so they can meet any obstacle in life. You know, they can meet anything with no resistance. So not knowing what it is, you know, to to do this um, guilt or shame, self-esteem is really something that they would grow up with. It will be in their core to have that self-esteem. You know, I see so many men, you know, growing up that they're trying to find their self-esteem still in their 30s. They're trying to find this courage within themselves to continue and to fight for whatever they want in their life. Is it a house? Is it the perfect mate? You know, the relationship and the perfect job. Everything streams from us having this healthy self-esteem with ourselves. So I hope this was helpful. I will be discussing next um, how does a healthy self-esteem manifest in the next podcast. Love and light.